welcome once again to the Ebone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 252nd time on this Friday, October 1st, 2021. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, Filling Station Filibuster. This week, we exit the comforts of the studio and go out into the world. You heard me right. This is the Ebone Zone's first ever on-location episode. I sat down recently with the good folks at Nana and Pop's Mercantile in my hometown to ask them about their business, what keeps them going, and drives the passion for serving the community. The days of local sandwich shops are, for some, a distant memory. But the trade is alive and well, even though it's not as widespread as it once was. This interview proves that. Let's get into this. I hope you enjoy our deep dive into the world of local eats. Do you care to tell the listeners who you are and a little background about yourself? Okay, I'm Melinda Haynes, and I'm the owner of Nana and Pop's Mercantile. Uh, My name's Nicholas Garris, and I'm uh, her son. I help her run the store. I... uh, ran restaurants for several years. I've actually not lived in Wilkes for the last probably five years. I've been traveling. I actually became a diver. I moved back from Charleston in January to help them open the store. Speaking of the store, how did you get started in the whole sandwich business? Well, we live really close by, within a mile, and the building um, is is a 90, almost a 100-year-old building. And uh, it had been up for the sale for the last five years, and we just decided to look at it. It has gas pumps. We decided to go ahead and make it a mercantile so that we could sell gas and sell food and other items. So so it's sort of like the uh, old-school feel of a filling station, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah. And what drew you to the location of the store? Uh, just because it's close to home, and um, there's not a lot up in this area as far as food. Um, so we knew that it would be successful because you have to go all the way into town to get food. Building off of that, could you elaborate a little bit on the history of the building? You said it was 90 to 100 years old. Mm -hmm. Can you draw us into a little bit more of how all this got started? Well, it was owned and operated by by Don Bumgarner, and um, uh, his father, I think, founded the store, and they had it for years and years, and and then they sold it to Rex Royal. That was probably in the 80s when they sold it. And then um, and then we bought it from Rex Royal. There's a lot of history in this building. I can tell. It was a original Texaco gas station and the pumps were out in front of the doors. Let's dive into the name here for a second. Nana and Pops Mercantile. That's kind of interesting. Can you tell me how you came up with it? Well, my, our grandchildren call us Nana and Pop, and um, so we decided that we wanted to name it Nana and Pops, and the mercantile um, actually got that off uh, Little House on the Prairie, where they had a mercantile, and I just liked the name of it. I just liked the, the, the history of what mercantile means. You don't see a lot of general stores or you know, small convenience stores anymore. It's all chain, you know big box gas stations basically. When you started the shop did you have any goals in mind that you've achieved or that you've met or that you're close to meeting? Um, 
I wanted to bring a different kind of uh, food to the area. Um, I don't think Wilkes has a lot of uh, options. There's a lot of chain restaurants. There's not a lot of mom and pop places that are doing a lot of different things. We try to uh, price our stuff as low as possible, um, even in the way we do our tickets. The way that we do our tickets is you fill your own ticket out, and then it goes through to the, the daily, and we make it, and then. Uh, you pick it up and pay for it, of course. We do that so we don't have, you know, we can pass along the savings to, you know, not hiring another person to just stand there and take orders all day. And uh, we can keep prices a little lower, not having so many staff members. A question for you, Nick. How did you lead up to the position now as chef of this restaurant? How did you get into the food industry to this point? I've ran several restaurants probably a half a dozen at this point, um, in different locations. I bartended for a long time and kind of did all that. I was a bar manager and then uh, got tired of, uh, you know, being around a late night, you know, alcohol crowd all the time. So that's when I kind of moved into the kitchen and started focusing more on food. And I've always loved food. As I mentioned before, I was uh, I had been diving um, for the last five years. I actually got out of the restaurant business completely, or six years ago. I moved to Charleston to go to dive school, to a commercial school, and uh, there's only uh, six schools in the country that do my particular diving certifications. Immediately as I, after I graduated, I got a job diving, and I've been diving and traveling for the last six years, and uh, the end of 2020, the year of COVID, uh, mom decided to buy the store at the very first of the year, the week COVID um, actually hit the country. Throughout the year, you know, I came back into town um, here and there to, you know, check on progress at the store and it took them basically all year to remodel the store. I usually take a couple months off during off season for diving from December to January. So I actually moved back here at the end of 2020 kind of help them finish up construction for the last you know couple months and then uh, we opened up in January I, uh, I try to grow as many of in many as many herbs as I can um, I like to use a lot of fresh herbs and stuff in my cooking so I've always you know loved it and enjoyed cooking and it's just a, a different outlet it, you know diving doesn't uh, scratch the same itch as you know creating food does so I mean I get to kind of do both things what would be your favorite item to prepare as the cook? I don't know if I have a favorite. Probably the desserts because I get to do something different every time. I've only ran the same dessert a couple times. Um, I try to do something different just about every time um, so that I get to play with a lot of different kinds of ingredients. During you know apple season, of course, I get fresh apples and peaches. and So I, I think it would probably be uh, making new desserts. What do you think is the biggest draw for your customers? I mean, for our locals, of course, there's nothing around here, you know, for miles to get, you know, something prepared to eat. And then for the people that are, they're actually driving across our county to come here, I don't think a lot of other places are doing, you know, simple, fresh, homemade. It's, it's a lot of big box, you know, commercial chains, and, you know, I don't think a lot of people are getting simple fresh food. If there was any advice to an aspiring business owner, what do you think you would give them? Probably know what you're getting into beforehand. I think a lot of people 
think it'll be fun to run a restaurant or run a bar or run several different kinds of businesses until they actually do it. The idea of having your own, you know, running your own business for the public and then the actual, you know, day-to-day -day operations are two totally different things. So just kind of know what you're getting into before you try to do anything major. What do you think is the most successful aspect of this business? Well, I think the most successful would be the fact that we we serve wonderful food that's fresh and homemade and we're offering the community something that they've never had before. So I think that's the well, is the biggest plus of our uh, mercantile. I think people uh, kind of miss these older stores, you know, where you knew people every day you go and see people that you know and have a sense of more community than you know just a store you have to go to every day you know so basically what y'all are going for is a andy griffith happy days type situation aren't you yeah mm -hmm. what made you start this business and want to work together as a mother-son team how did that come about i'm retired from dot when we bought the store um my husband still works at dot during the day and my son was living in Charleston and um, I let him know that I, I was opening the store and we were going to have a deli in it and he um, offered to come back and help me run the store and so that's who that's what we're doing we we basically run the store by ourselves and and we work well together a question for both of y'all what do you think the biggest life lesson you've learned from serving your community in the way that you did yes Mm. That's a tough question. Um, I think I personally have gotten to know so many people in the community now that it's helped me mingle with all kinds of people and it's helped me understand more about different types of people. Basically how people work and right. what makes them tick. In a convenience store you see everybody because everybody has to get gas. You get exposed to a lot of different types of uh, people working in a, a, a convenience store with gas that a, a lot of people, you know, you don't see in an average business. On the adverse side of that, we talked about life lessons and what is the biggest challenge of working together as a mother-son team that you've experienced? I've had countless number of employees under me, but it's hard in a family situation because, you know, in a, a normal employee-manager relationship, you know, you just tell the things you expect, and then if they don't do those things, they're fired. But in a family, you really can't fire somebody. You've got to learn to be a little bit more tactful the way you say things and stuff like that. It's kind of like in the employee employer relationship you don't go home to them every day right exactly you don't see them at Christmas and stuff what do you think makes your business stand out from other versions of sandwich shops in the area from the crowd basically there's really nothing else like this around I mean exactly like this there's sandwich shops but they may not necessarily have gas and there's gas stations that don't really you know they might serve some greasy greasy food but they're not really concerned about you know the quality of the food they're selling because they're a gas station they don't have to be and uh, we I mean we get countless people that walk in from or you know not necessarily around the area but just passing through and um, 
and we get compliments daily I mean daily so I mean it really does help you um, the long days aren't so bad when you know you, you feel like you're getting you know the customers appreciate what we're trying to do I'll take an answer from each of you I asked Nick earlier about what his favorite item to prepare is so on the adverse side of that question what would be your favorite item to eat that you have um, my favorite item is is the Italian with the homemade focaccia bread that Nick makes. I think it's fresh and it's it's um, it's homemade and it's different. But I think that's what what makes us stand out because we are different. We don't just serve burgers and fries. We have a variety of sandwiches nobody else has. I uh, I ping pong back and forth. I uh, I won't eat a you know uh, one of our bacon jam. For a couple weeks, and I'll eat one. I'll, I'll remember how good they are, and then that'll be my favorite for a couple days. And then, um, but I—I th- I mean, I really can't pick a favorite. I—I'm uh, one of those people that orders something different every single time I go somewhere. So I mean, I don't really do—you know—have favorites. I just uh, whatever kind of mood I'm in. This last question for y'all: What drives your passion? For bringing this local sandwich shop tradition to the forefront, what drives your passion for keeping it alive? Um, I mean, me personally, it's just the ability to create, make new things, and um, give something to somebody that they've never had before. Or, um, you know, most of the things we do in life is around eating. You know, when you get married, you eat. Whatever, it's always around eating. So, I mean, uh, when I'm a, I have the ability to make something that somebody's never had before, or, you know, impress somebody with some with food that, it, uh, you know, you eat it every day, then I enjoy that. My answer would be just having the family run the business. I think uh, we're all here together and nothing makes a mother happier than to be around her children and uh, I can, allows me to be around my children and my grandchildren and um, I hope that we can continue to just all be family. But that's, that's my passion, is just being able to work with my family. Working together draws you together? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that looks like where we'll wrap up. Thank you all for your time. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. Thank I you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.